0: The Association of Lutheran Mission Agencies annual national conference will be January 31st through February 1st in St. Louis, Missouri. Join other mission-minded organizations and leaders to learn about the changing face of missions while remembering that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Learn more about ALMA, its membership, and the conference at www.almanetwork.org. What is the incarnation of Christ? When did it happen and why should it be celebrated and proclaimed to all people? Why do the prophecies about Christ predicted in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New Testament, matter. Why and how should we celebrate Christmas? Why do Jehovah's Witnesses tell their members and followers that they shouldn't celebrate Christmas? How can Christians respond to Jehovah's Witnesses and share the truth of God's Word? Join us today as we discuss celebrating the birth of Christ. My guest is Bob Gray. Bob was a Jehovah's Witness for over 20 years and served as a Jehovah's Witness elder, pioneer, watchtower study study conductor, and service overseer before he came to know Christ. Now as a Christian, he reaches out in love to Jehovah's Witnesses on the Internet and in his daily life. Today we'll learn why Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate Christmas and why the birth of Christ is something we should all celebrate and proclaim. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries, and your host for today's program. Thanks, Bob, for being our guest today on Family Shield.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So you, as a ex-Jehovah's Witness, can help us understand why Witnesses teach, their members and followers that they shouldn't celebrate Christmas. But before we talk about what they teach, let's talk briefly about what we should do and why we should celebrate the birth of Christ. What's the incarnation of Christ? When did it happen and why should it be celebrated and proclaimed?
1: Okay, for me, um, why we should celebrate it? First of all, I, I always go back to Luke chapter 2, the angels celebrated. Yeah. You know, when the when the uh, shepherds were in the field there, and the angel came to them, and uh, they were, of course, scared to death, and uh, the angel says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. And then, drop down a couple verses, 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That that just amazes me. Yeah. Angels celebrating the birth of Christ. Right. And, you know, in, in, in spite of what verse 11 says, born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus didn't become the Christ Mm -hmm. until his baptism some 30 years later.
0: Yeah, that's always driven me crazy, because there's all these Bible verses that say he was the Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this would color their view of the birth of Christ as being not as important as Christians see that it is, based Mm -hmm. on what the angel there says.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yep. Now, for the Incarnation, you know, John chapter 1, for me, explains it nicely. John 1, 1 that controversial verse, (laughs) (laughs) it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But then in verse 14 it says, and the Word became flesh and Mm -hmm. dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. But plainly, the Incarnation is the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's... It's an amazing thing when you think about it, isn't it? Really it yes. It, it's yep. probably the most amazing thing that has ever happened, that mm-hmm. God himself came down to yep. save us through his, you know, by, by becoming he who was God became man and yeah. is forever now yep. true God and true man. He, d- he didn't stop when he yep. died and rose again. Awesome. What else about the Incarnation did you want to share with
1: us? The problem there is that Jehovah's Witnesses kind of go off the rails on on two ways here. First of all, they have two things wrong. First of all, the object of the Incarnation, who it is that took on flesh. See, for Jehovah's Witnesses, the Word was not the infinite Almighty God, but Michael the Archangel, Mm -hmm. a finite created being.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners are not going to realize that the Jehovah's Witnesses teach really three separate existences of Jesus, but they believe yeah. that he was Michael the archangel, a spirit person, and there was a Michael the archangel in the yep. Old and New Testament, but it isn't Jesus.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the second thing is just the manner of the Incarnation. Now, now John 1.14 just says plainly, the Word became flesh. Doesn't explain the mechanics, we probably wouldn't understand them anyway. But Jehovah's Witnesses for years taught that the Word became flesh when Jehovah transferred the spirit or life force of this Michael the Archangel into the embryonic Jesus. Hmm. The problem is that they also taught that the spirit is impersonal, it has no personality. So when they said, well, You know, Michael became Jesus when God transferred this impersonal life force. Well, nothing of Michael would have been transferred there. Mm. So in more recent years, they've begun to teach that along with the life force of Michael, Jehovah also uh, transferred what they call the personality pattern of Michael into this embryonic Jesus. Now, this brings up another kind of issue, is what they teach about death and resurrection, because Mm -hmm. they believe at death, the life force is separated from the body, this life force goes back to God, and your personality pattern is retained in Jehovah's memory until He resurrects Mm you. When He resurrects you, according to their teaching, God builds you a new body, puts some life force into it to activate it, and then re-implants your personality pattern into this new body. Well, if, if you, when you look at that, effectively what the witnesses are teaching about the Incarnation is that in, at the Incarnation, Jehovah killed Michael by separating his life force from his spirit body and then transferred his life force and his personality pattern into this embryonic Jesus. And then, as you just mentioned a minute ago, they're teaching kind of three different Um, incarnations, if you will, of of this being Michael slash Jesus, Mm -hmm. because at the resurrection, they say that God put the life force back into Michael, Mm -hmm. and the personality pattern back into Michael, and Jesus became Michael in heaven again.
0: Yeah, and, you know, um, in Jude verse 9, Mm -hmm. I use Jude verse 9 and Matthew 4, 9 with witnesses, and you probably have used those two to explain to them, there was a Michael the archangel. It isn't Jesus. Because uh, in Jude 9, uh, Michael the archangel could not or did not rebuke Satan. And in Matthew Mm -hmm. 4, 9, Jesus rebuked Satan. It can't be the same person. But we know the Jehovah's Witnesses teach things. They use the Bible, but they don't teach Accurately, what the Bible says—that's true. Yeah. yeah. What What else do we want to know about that? Oh, incarnation.
1: I think that's it on that. Okay. I mean, just uh, it's you know, witnesses don't even use the word incarnation. No,
0: I know it's a it's a Christian so, term, and and I wanted to yeah. <laughs> uh, discuss it for our Christian listeners. So here's another thing. Uh, there are many prophecies about Christ in the Old Testament, predicted in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, and at least one of them is about the birth of Christ. Uh, from Isaiah four fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, and fulfilled in the New Testament, Matthew one eighteen. now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, when his mother Mary had been Betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The prophecies about Christ are extremely important as we look at God's word being the Word of God. Uh, but this is important, too, as we talk about the birth of Christ. So again, I just wonder, what do Jehovah's Witnesses do with these prophecies?
1: Well, they would cite all the same prophecies that we would, but they look at them very differently. Okay. So when when you look at Isaiah, and, and also when you look at Isaiah 9, uh, 6, you know, for unto us a child is born. Yes. Uh, uh, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, you know, they look at those, and uh, the first thing the witnesses go, well, oh, it says he's Mighty God, not Almighty. Oh, so yeah, known, I remember that. Yeah. You know, that type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For the witnesses, the birth of Christ isn't as important to them as, as the death. Mm-hmm. They really focus on the death of Christ. And it's really the only thing that they officially commemorate. Okay. You know, they, they call it a celebration oh, sure. memorial, but there's right. hardly anything celebrated.
0: Nothing, because it. very few or any will take the yeah. uh, bread and wine. I don't even know if they use real wine. Do they?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, They're very careful about that. But, but if, um,
0: if somebody's taking it, that means they're of the heavenly kingdom, which yeah. there are very few of those 144,000 left, aren't there? I don't want to go into another direction, because that's not our
1: topic. the <laughs> whole uh, show on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the birth of Christ to them, because of the fact that he wasn't the Christ until he was anointed, ah, yeah. supposedly, at his baptism. And of course, you know, uh, uh, the other thing that they, just within the last few years, I, I came to realize actually teach that Jesus, when he was baptized, that's when he became the Christ, became anointed with Holy Spirit, and he became the first human to be born again.
2: okay. Yeah.
1: I was like, wow, mm. that's an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. but again, because of their, um, their view of Christ, and kind of a constant demotion of who Christ is
0: right. Make him less. Than he
1: isn't is, yeah. as important to them as, as the death. death.
0: Okay, good. Well, let's talk a little bit more. Why do Jehovah's Witnesses tell their members and followers, and even us if they come to our doors, that we shouldn't celebrate Christmas? What are some of the arguments that they use as they teach people about this I have been doing this program for well over twenty years and I realized as I just recently was ministering to a lady that had been studying with Jehovah's Witnesses that I had never done a program to talk about their beliefs about Christmas. And I was like, oh, how could I have forgotten that? So I'm so glad that you were willing to talk to us about that. But but we need to understand what they say to people. So that we can learn to respond more effectively in a positive way to them.
1: So, so when you talk about why they don't celebrate, I think you have to differentiate between why they stopped celebrating ah, because they used to. They did.
2: Oh, okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, and and I'll talk more after we talk about what they actually teach. But you have to differentiate between why they stopped and the rationale they use today for why they don't. Okay. So we'll start with their rationale on why they don't. And this is from their website. They make four basic points. The first is they say that Jesus commanded that we commemorate his death, not his birth. And they say, Luke 22, you know, the the Lord's evening meal. Well, they say, well, yeah, he did command that that we commemorate his death. He says, keep doing this in remembrance of me. He didn't say not to celebrate his birth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is kind of an argument from silence. So the second point they make is, Jesus' apostles and early... And, and this is quoting from them. Okay. Jesus' apostles and early disciples did not celebrate Christmas. Well, we don't know that. No, we don't. <laughs> Again, it's an argument from silence. Okay. The Bible doesn't address whether they did or not, and right. there's a lot of other things it doesn't address, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure, it does.
1: Um third point is, there's no proof that Jesus was born on December 25th. His birth date is not recorded in the Bible.
0: That's That's true. true. Absolutely. We don't have a problem with that. But, you know, it's amazing, Bob. A lot of Christians don't know. They think he was really born December 25th. No, he wasn't. We don't know when he was born. Good point. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and and this is a little side point. One of of the points they make is, well, he couldn't have been born in December because the shepherds wouldn't have been out in the fields. Oh, my. Well, I, I was in Israel in 2012 on Orthodox Christmas, which is January 6th. And as I stood on the Herodian Fortress, this big man made hill here, I think, this big fortress, I, I was less than three miles from Bethlehem. And I looked down below the fortress, and there was an elderly couple down there shepherding sheep.
2: Ah, awesome, So they awesome. were in the field. Yeah.
1: But, um, and actually, the, the, the idea that he wasn't born on December 25th didn't hold them back. From when they used to
2: celebrate.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth point, they say, we believe that Christmas is not approved by God because it is rooted in pagan yeah. uh, customs and rites. Yeah.
0: Okay, I want to make some announcements, and then we'll come back and flush this out. Thank you so much. That's that's a good start for us. Family Shields' theme for this year is always be ready to give an answer based on First Peter three fifteen. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. As we share Christ with our listeners and help them know Christ, grow in his word, and strengthen them and their families. Today, Family Shield is giving away a series of tracks about how to respond and witness to Jehovah's Witnesses that the Family Shield Counter Cult Ministry purchases and gives away. To request these tracks, there's five of them, we'll give one of each of them to you. Call our response center at one eight seven seven two five zero eight four one six or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. We encourage you to sign up to receive our email newsletter on the website at www.familyshieldministries.com dot com or send us your email and we'll do it for you. You can email us at witness to family at gmail.com. Now I want to come back to my guest Bob Gray, who is an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I do want to mention, before we go back to our topic, a website that he uses to respond and witness to Jehovah's Witnesses, www.docbob.org. I've looked at it, lots of great resources, and anything else you want to share about that, Bob?
1: No. No. That's, um, thanks for uh, mentioning
0: that. All right. Very good. Yeah. So right before uh, I made those announcements, you talked about four reasons why Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate Christmas and what they talk about to people that they say we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. I don't think I gave you enough time for that last one, that Christmas is based on pagan customs and beliefs. Talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point because— um, they they celebrated christmas up until 1927 and they they actually there's pictures online of them celebrating it for the last time in 1927
0: never heard that before
1: at the uh, headquarters oh really and and oh. they knew first of all that jesus wasn't born on december 25th uh-huh. and they knew about all of the supposed pagan yeah. influence of um on christmas and it's interesting that they are so adamant about it with that, but when it comes to say something like wedding rings, which also have pagan influence, they have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's really about what the leadership has sure. made important and what it's made unimportant. Yeah. And a lot of these things, you know, I, I was just reading recently the whole thing they go the dual log, you know, had to do with you know, all this pagan stuff, and and I found out that actually. Um, One of the other shades of that story is that in old times that um, employers would give their employees extra wood for heating at the birth of a child,
2: Hmm.
1: which, you know, and and so there's a lot of controversy about Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. but, you know, all of these things have become, for us, Christian symbols at this point, the tree, the evergreen, everlasting. Sure, yes,
0: you know, they are. The lights all, remind all us of the that. light of Christ, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: and um, I think, you know, that. but let me get to kind of the real reason. I, I okay. touched on a little bit of the, the, the leadership. So just a little history. Charles Taze Russell started this whole thing in mm-hmm. 1879 or so, and he died in 1960 and a man named Joseph Rutherford took over. And Rutherford, by all accounts, wasn't a really nice person. Hmm. Um, and if you look at the history through Rutherford's administration, it becomes pretty plain. Rutherford was trying to differentiate the— well, they didn't even have the name Jehovah's Witnesses until 1931, but he hmm. was trying to differentiate the people associated with the watchtower from Christendom, who he just hated. And um, he was controversial from the beginning. Uh, the Watchtower itself says from about 1917, when he took over till 1919, about one in seven people associated with the Watchtower left. Wow. And then starting in 1921, breakaway groups. Um, I know one guy, he used to be a Jehovah's Witness elder. He's now a Bible student elder. Huh. And he's traced all of these various Bible student groups that, that broke away from the Watchtower over these years, and he estimates as many as 400 breakaway groups occurred. Oh, wow. And some people have estimated between 1921 and 1931 that three-quarters of the people who were associated with the Watchtower ended up leaving. Hmm.
0: Well, I just hope and pray, Bob, that they didn't just go to another group that doesn't teach the truth about Christ, because all of this— as we talk about not celebrating Christmas, is just connecting back to what you said. They try to make Jesus less than he is. According to yeah. them, he is a God, lowercase g, um, mm. R, Michael, the archangel, a spirit person. He is not yes. true God and true man at the same time. That is yes. critical, and that is why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas. Now we can get into all the secular things Mm -hmm. about Christmas, but I don't really want to. I want to help our listeners understand more about, first of all, and our time's going to get away from us, Mm -hmm. what can they say to a Jehovah's Witness that they might know, or maybe that comes to their door, that would impact them to think Maybe I should celebrate Christmas. What, what can we share with our listeners to help them respond in a loving, Christ-centered way to a Jehovah's Witness about this topic?
1: With, with Jehovah's Witnesses, if they're coming to your door, they are coming to teach you. They're not there to learn from you. Right. So any dogmatic statements generally would not be well received. So it's good to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg, I don't know if you know Greg Kochel. He does uh, Stand to Reason yes. Ministries. Mm-hmm. He's got this great thing. He calls it the Columbo method. Mm-hmm.
2: The,
1: the detective Columbo. Yeah, he asked a lot
2: of he, questions. He,
1: right. he, he was like dumb as a fox. You know?
2: Uh-huh.
1: He he um he would always ask these questions like, you know, maybe you can help me out. You mm-hmm. know, I, uh, this doesn't make sense to me. You know what? Why is it that you don't celebrate Christmas? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that. You know, Jesus. You know, savior of the world, all of this, and but you don't celebrate his birth. Why is that? You know, and then when they get into the whole pagan thing, well, you know, I notice you're wearing a wedding ring. You know, I've heard that wedding rings have pagan. Mm. So, always the questions
0: Mm -hmm.
1: rather than dogmatic statements, and and definitely not being condemnatory. You really don't want to go. Yeah.
0: No, don't start out with you're in a cult. Just try to build a relationship with them and show them love. It's not that we don't believe what they're teaching is wrong, but you don't have to lead with the negative.
2: Yes.
1: And, you know, I just saw on Facebook this morning, um, because the whole subject of Christmas amongst ex-witnesses is a big Discussion because sure. some people it takes them a while. Yeah. I was out for a couple of years. I'm sure it
2: does. I yeah, celebrating again. Yeah,
1: right. And um, but this one woman who was reaching out to Jehovah's Witnesses and they they were having the Christmas discussion and evidently they've been having it for a while. And this woman made the point to the girls that was coming to study with her that she was holding off on decorating her home, letting them know that yes, she did celebrate Christmas. But she valued the relationship she had with mm-hmm. those two Jehovah's Witness ladies enough that she didn't want to make them uncomfortable
2: good
0: by
1: going nuts. You know, I thought, wow,
0: Whoa. what? A, yeah, yeah that that shows she cared more about them than the yes. decorations, and that makes such good sense. I I, yes. I agree with that. That shows love, doesn't yes,
1: it? And that's really what we want to do: love and respect. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff with ex witnesses that have really been disrespectful to <laughs> what we once were. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. we have to realize that we we came from that if we're an ex witness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, love and,
1: and respect are the two things oh, that I, I think really need to characterize how we deal with witnesses, whether we're an ex witness and a Christian or a Christian that's not an ex
0: witness. Okay, Bob, what else do we wanna learn? Uh, and help our listeners know as we, you know, talk as long as you can. I'll let you know when our time is up.
1: Well, even amongst Christians, sometimes there's a discussion about how much Christmas to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I'm taking back to that. It was almost 25 years I didn't celebrate Christmas. And like I said, it was a couple of years after I was out. There was a lot of family dynamic. My My dad and I were really at odds on this. And I was out for two years before I even told my dad I was out. Oh, really? I, did, I didn't want to admit to him I'd been wrong for 25 years. <laughs> um, but my not celebrating Christmas with them all those years, the only thing that was speaking to them was my silence, my non-participation. And, and I think it's important for Christians to, to embrace Christmas Especially for their non-Christian family, because mm-hmm. it's the only opportunity. Well, it's not the only, but it's a great opportunity to really highlight Christ in the midst of a of a, of a holiday that's become increasingly un-Christian.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and you know it's good to make a statement sometimes, but you know, making it by protesting and not being there really doesn't carry the weight. It would if you were there and you were highlighting Christ in that celebration.
0: All right, good. Again, my guest has been Bob Gray, an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I knew we were going to need two programs, Bob, but I don't <laughs> have the, the, the time right now. We've got our program scheduled. I am so pleased to have shared what we shared. We could have done so much more. Uh, but again, I do want to mention his website, www bocbob.org. You can learn more, uh, get in contact with Bob. You can see some of the articles and also uh, let us know if you want us to send the tracks that our countercult ministry purchases and gives away. Uh, We have about five of them that will help you. None of them are on Christmas, unfortunately, but uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Kay Meyer of Family Shield Ministries. God bless your day.